welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. You know me, my name is Mac, and thanks for coming back for the newest episode. It's been a while since I have done an individual episode. It's been about six weeks I look back on it, and a lot has happened, and I've heard from a lot of you guys that, uh, you know, you want to hear from me. So no guests this week. I'm going to do an individual episode um, because I have a pretty big day tomorrow. Um, before we get into the episode though, I do want to thank Rebecca for last week's episode. I did this episode with Rebecca last week about someone who is still in their narcissistically abusive relationship and why they stay. So that being said, uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for doing that episode. I got a lot of positive feedback about it. I'm really pulling for you that you can move on with your life. Um, but I know, you know, it's baby steps and you'll get there in your own time. So anybody who's listening to that is rooting for you and uh, good luck with your process. Stay in touch with me. So yeah, guys, I have a big day tomorrow because it is my first mediation with my next. So um, I wanted to go over some of the things that we are going to be discussing in mediation. And a while back, I, I did this episode for a court motion. Uh, if you go back, it was episode 13, and this is going to be episode 31, so it's been a while. But I did kind of this thing where the night before, I wanted to tell you some of the allegations and what we're going to go over and what we're fighting for. And then tomorrow, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to record how I feel, and then I'm going to give you a recap post-mediation to tell you what happened. So right now is the night before mediation, and like I said, I just want to go over some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So... Back on my last solo episode, I did want to touch on this. I had a segment in the episode where I talked about my ex was following me to my car, claiming that I don't buckle my kids into their seatbelts. So what happened a few weeks ago that I didn't touch on, but I'm going to touch on now. So she did it again. She started following me to the car and, um, she claimed that I didn't buckle my kids into the seatbelts. So she starts following me out to the car and I see her start following me and the kids are walking to my car. So I told the kids to go stop right where you are. So the kids stop and I'm parked in front of the house, right? So I take my car and I move it to the next house on the block, not in front of my kid's house, okay? And I said, okay, kids, get in the car. And I turned on my camera. And my ex starts following me to the neighbor's house. And I said, if you take one more step in my direction, I will call the police. And she stopped and she looked at me and I think she wanted to call my bluff. And I said, I'm warning you, I will call the police. And she continued coming towards my car. And I said, okay. And I dialed 911 and I called the police. And I said, I need assistance because she's stalking me. Uh, over a seatbelt. And unfortunately, the police showed up and uh, with my kids there. And it was really hard for me um, because I didn't want to call the police on their mother, but I have to protect myself, especially amid all these false allegations that she's put on me. So I did. And I called the police and they showed up and they investigated the seatbelts and the car seats and everything. And everything's working properly. And I told them, I said, look where my car is parked. It's not parked in front of the house. I parked it in front of the neighbor's house because she's stalking me. I said, I don't have the money to put a restraining order on her. I was like, but she's dangerous. And and they were like, this is over. The cops are like, this is over a seatbelt. I said, I understand that. But she's dangerous. And you guys don't understand what I've been through. I said, I need protection. I said, so that's why you're here. And she is not to come near me. So I felt really bad about that. 
um, because my kids were crying and they were traumatized. And um, man, I, I had to do what I have to do to protect myself. But the funny thing is, I mean, kids are so resilient, man. So that was on the last day of school for my kids. So my plan was to have like ice cream for dinner and to take them to go get toys to celebrate their last day of school. So that's exactly what I did. I took, took them out for ice cream and I bought my son this big Spider-Man toy and I brought my daughter this big Barbie toy that she liked. And man, on the way home, you know, my, my kids were crying when the cops were there. And then on the way home after we got the toys and we got the ice cream, my son goes, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> So uh, they're not traumatized that much, and, and they don't bring it up. They haven't talked about it, but um, I'm glad that I did protect myself. And the funny thing is, is that when the cops were leaving, they said, we need you to sign this report, and it states that you are now a victim of domestic abuse. And um, if you choose, you have the right to file a restraining order on her. Uh, so I talked to my lawyer, and he said it would look retaliatory, so he advised me not to. Um, so I didn't, but I have that option now to put a restraining order on her because now I am a documented victim of domestic abuse. So like I keep saying, I had to protect myself. It is what it is. Also, I did an episode months ago now at this point uh, about my best interest evaluation. And uh, so with my best interest evaluation, it's just for what's in the interest of my children. And I said on that episode, I don't understand why I'm allowing somebody who doesn't know me, doesn't know my next, she doesn't even know the situation to tell me what's in the best interest in terms of the relationship that I have with my children. That being said, I had to do a follow-up visit for the best interest evaluator with my children. And um, she got to see how we interact. And these kids were crawling all over me in the office, hugging and kissing me. And the best interest evaluator said to the kids, they said, daddy's got to go outside and take a phone call. Uh, but he, you guys are just going to stay in here and you're going to talk with me because she wanted me to leave the room so she could talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. And they started hysterically crying. And they said, no, we love our daddy. We want him to stay here. He can't leave. And they wouldn't let me leave. And I showed her. I was like, guys, I'll be right back. I, I said it right in front of her. I said, guys, I'll be right back. I just got to make a phone call for work and I'll be right back. And they're like, no, 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 you have to stay. And I just looked at her and I just shrugged my shoulders. So I was like, do you think I'm dangerous? <laughs> do you think I'm bipolar? These kids love me. I, I said, these kids love me. I said, I'm willing to leave. I said, I'll walk out the door. You're going to deal with screaming kids because they love their dad and they don't want them to leave. So yeah. And then my next met with the best interest evaluator on her own. And I don't hear anything about that, but I, I really, I don't, I'm sorry. Like I don't have any faith in the justice system. Um, I'm going on 10 months of this, man. I'm going on 10 months of this. I still don't have overnight visits with my children. I'm still paying 55% of a mortgage. I hope my voice while I'm saying these things kind of comes off as fed up and disgusted because I am. I'm fed up and I'm disgusted. But tomorrow with mediation, the main issue is going to be about the children and bills. So I'm still paying 55% of a mortgage and I'm still paying full daycare and I'm still paying child support. Now, I've touched on this many, many, many times on this podcast, but this divorce has thrown me into financial desolation. <laughs> and um, I have accumulated in 10 months $30,000 in credit card debt and also 
I took out a $30,000 loan to supplement some of these bills, and I have about $10,000 in outstanding lawyer bills. So I'm about $70,000 in debt in 10 months. And so what I've been doing is I have a uh, no limit American Express gold card. I have very good credit. I've always paid my bills on time. And um, <clears throat> I've just been charging everything to my Amex card and saying, I'll deal with this later. And uh, American Express froze my credit card <clears throat> because there's $30,000 in, in debt on there. And uh, so my lawyer said, you have an outstanding bill of $10,000. And I said, I can't pay it. And they said, well, then we're going to dump you. And so I said to them, I said, listen, I'm going to mediation in, you know, when we talked about this, it was three days ago. I said, I'm going to mediation this week. I was like, you can't dump me. I said, come to mediation with me. You've come this far. Come to mediation with me at least. So they agreed to do that. And, um, you know, after that, it looks like I'm going pro se. So... Anybody listening to this who's maybe gone through a divorce or has gone pro se, please reach out to me. I need the pro se book for dummies because um, I am researching, watching YouTube videos, and trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. But I am a smart guy. I'm an educated guy, and uh, I'm going to try and make it work. But this is where I am. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, if there's a silver lining to this, so I won't have lawyer bills anymore, but my next will. And if I go pro se, it doesn't cost me nothing to send her lawyer a letter, but it'll cost her $500 every time. So um, this is just me spitballing here and me thinking out loud. But uh, I think it's time to take her past the edge too, because this has gone on long enough. I have racked up $70,000 in debt due to false allegations. And uh, I think it's time for her uncomfortability too. Um, the other thing is, is that, so the best interest evaluator spoke to my therapist and, you know, all my therapists have my back and, and advocate for me. And, you know, so last night I'm laying in bed and I get this email and I'm scrolling through it right now. It's an email from my next to the best interest evaluator with me CC'd on this message. And it is... Her version of screenshots from Our Family Wizard of all these allegations of how I'm not willing to co-parent. And it's crazy. Let me see. Some of the messages say that I'm asking for things from the home, such as like art from my walls and stuff. Like I have plaques and stuff like that that I want for my new apartment. And my next claims that... In the 15 minutes that I had during the TRO when the police came to my home and told me I had to pack up all my belongings, she claims that I packed up everything in the house that I could possibly want. <laughs> so when the police showed up to my house completely unexpected, my focus was on eliminating wall art from the home. <laughs> it's so insane. She believes that Everything, the children, the house, and my possessions are all hers. And I'm supposed to just walk away. And that's not how this works. And that's going to be a major point of contention tomorrow in mediation. Oh, so there's another message here about how... So my next... My children feel the need... Or, or well, my children are so innocent that they don't understand the situation with my next's boyfriend. 
And so we drive in the car, right? And, and my next's boyfriend has a blue pickup truck. So if we pass like a blue car or a blue pickup truck, they go, oh, there's Fireman John or, oh, that's the same color as Fireman John's car or whatever. So um, one of the things that I sent her on Our Family Wizard is that the kids told me that Aunt Brittany introduced my next to her current boyfriend. And Aunt Brittany is just a friend, but my next insists on calling her aunt because I guess this is like a repayment or something for introducing her to her boyfriend. And it's toxic. They're not her family. But my next's family, as I've discussed many times on this podcast, absolutely sucks. And they're not there for her. They don't love her. And uh, so anyway, I messaged her and I said, stop calling these friends of yours aunt and uncle because they're not the kids aunt and uncle. And uh, she said that I'm just trying to pick a fight. So um, I messaged back to the best interest evaluator and I said, you know, all these things that she's claiming, you know, I'm scrolling through them now as we speak, um, all these things that she's claiming I responded to like, so she's all responded in blue and I'm all responded to red. And I just refute all of her allegations. Like one of the things even she, she says about me is true is that I took the kids to a lake one day and you know, kids are quirky and my daughter doesn't like wearing shoes. So I took them to the lake. And after we left the lake, I saw her walk out with her shoes, but they weren't on her feet. She was carrying them. And then I think what happened is when she got into the car, she might've set them down and got into the car and we left without her shoes. So my next is like, where's her shoes? And I was like, I think she left them at the lake. And she's like, well, go get them and return them. I was like, no, I pay child support. Go get new shoes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going back to the lake to go get this. It's a huge, huge like park. I'm not going back to go get the shoes. So I was like, no, I pay child support. Go get new shoes. Like, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted by the allegations. I'm exhausted by either the things that I do do or the things that I don't do. I'm sick of defending myself against, I can't even defend myself against things that I don't do. And I record everything. If she comes within 20 feet of me, I will record everything to defend myself against these false allegations. And that's one of the things that the best interest evaluator said to me. She said, my next says that I record her whenever she's in my vicinity. I go, she's absolutely right. I was like, what would you do if your kids were kidnapped from you for 42 days? Would you document every action that you ever do if that person's in? Because she's always going to claim that I'm abusing her. She says that when we're at um, soccer games or something for my kids, I scream at her. I was like, clearly she would have some witnesses. Clearly she would have this on video. I was like, she doesn't. But if she writes it, she thinks it's true. If a narcissist writes something, they think it's gospel and it's bullshit. So I'm sick of defending myself against things that I don't do. Again, I hope I come off as frustrated. I hope I do because I am. I'm frustrated. I'm just sick of it. So um, we went through the best interest valuation, and so I talked to my, my lawyer about tomorrow, and we had a pretty lengthy conversation for about 45 minutes, which I had to chop my right arm off for, but my lawyer told me that the best interest evaluator, after my next sent this huge message last night, the best interest evaluator talked to my lawyer and my next's lawyer together today, and she said she completely sees through it. The best interest evaluator sees through what my next is doing. She said, first of all, there's no reason why I should not have overnight stays with my kids yet. So that's going to be a major point of contention tomorrow. And she's grasping at straws. My next is grasping at straws, trying to eliminate me from the kids' lives. And the scary thing is, is that although I'm very hyper aware of what she's doing because of my knowledge of narcissism, I'm always 
kind of still walking on eggshells because I feel like she's always one step ahead of me. And I don't think like a narcissist. So it's hard to get ahead of her. I've accepted the fact that I can't get ahead of her. One thing I have done <laughs> is I've stopped responding to her antagonistic comments on Our Family Wizard. I think I'm over like 15 or 16 unanswered messages now in Our Family Wizard because my new guidelines, I guess you can call them for Our Family Wizard, is I've seen my next get away with so much stuff. I've seen her like not be held accountable for so many things, violating consent orders and false allegations. I've seen her not be held accountable that when she comes at me now with false allegations, I think to myself, if a judge reads this, is she going to care? If my judge reads this, is she going to care? And also, if it doesn't immediately affect anything, who gives a shit? Like if she says, oh, you know, Mac didn't return the kids with shoes. I just shrug and I go, okay, well, even if I didn't, right? So what? <laughs> Am I going to lose custody of my kids because I didn't return them with shoes because I forgot them at the lake? Mistakes happen. Shit happens. And who cares? Honestly, who gives a shit? So I'm really starting to rack up <laughs> unread messages in Our Family Wizard. And I don't care. I wish you could see me right now. I'm just shrugging my shoulders. I don't care. So yeah, the best interest evaluator met with our lawyers today and said, like, she sees through my, my nexus bullshit, but she thinks that we're both toxic, me and her. And I admit, I'm just fed up. I'm super fed up with, with having to de defend myself, having to put the fate of my relationship with my children in the hands of the government who doesn't care. I'm sick of having to put the fate of my relationship with my children in the hands of the government who doesn't know me, doesn't know her. And like, they see that I can't sustain these bills, but it's almost like working a job, right? And working a job at a company where the bosses make a decision from behind a desk, but they don't actually do the job that you do. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't understand why I'm letting them tell me what to do. And I'll tell you right now, when it comes to my home, there's no equity in my home. That's what I've been told by the lawyers. I'm not going to make any money off of my home because it's in such disrepair. So I'm not going to keep paying into a house that I'm not going to get any equity from. It really seems like my lawyers are telling me to cut my losses with money in general. So that being said, today is July 27th and the mortgage is due on August 1st. I'm not going to pay it. Uh, I'm not going to pay it. And I'm going to take my chances. I'll let them file a motion and take me to court and say, he's got to pay it. And I'll say, well, first of all, I can't because I don't have the funds. And second of all, why am I paying for a house that I haven't lived in in 10 months? And also I'm going to get no equity from. I'm not going to pay it. I don't care what the, what the court order says. This is probably, if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> for educational purposes or something, don't listen to me because this is probably, I'm going to kind of shoot my shot and uh, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Because my lawyer's dumping me, so what difference does it make? Her, let her lawyer charge my next for the lawyer fees, send me a message, and I'll still say no. And then when they say, okay, we're going to file a court motion, I'll say, okay, file the court motion, see you in court. And the judge is going to see it's just not feasible, and it'll have the same result. This is what I mean by my next is not held accountable for her shit, so why would I be held accountable? I mean, like I said, probably bad advice, people. Don't listen to me. But I'm fed up, and uh, it is what it is. So listen, I have mediation tomorrow. My lawyer said we don't necessarily have high hopes to come to a settlement tomorrow. And I'm with her. Why the fuck would we? 
my next is not going to agree to anything. She consistently moves the goalposts, right? Like, so first it was a psychiatric problem that I was bipolar, that I couldn't have my kids. Then it was because I don't have my own apartment that I couldn't have my kids. Now I have my own apartment. I've gotten over the, you know, the bipolar thing has been resolved. Now, you know, she's just grasping at straws, trying to find a way to get the kids away from me. And the thing is, is that a mediator really doesn't have any authority. He's just going to be running back and forth from room to room playing middleman. And I'm going to put on a good face and I'm going to go in there saying I'm here to resolve it, but I'm not going to take a shit settlement. I'll tell you now, I've turned the cheek too many times and it's put me in really bad financial disarray and I haven't gotten my kids. I have gotten my kids. I shouldn't say that. I have gotten my kids. The motion with the court motion back in episode 13, like I said, this is episode 31. I did. I got seven and a half hours extra with my kids, but it's there's no reason why I shouldn't have parenting time. And now they're saying that my apartment is too far from the kids. Well, this is what I could afford. You know what I mean? Like, it's just bullshit, man. It's just bullshit. And she hasn't been, she hasn't gotten any psychiatric exam. She hasn't been investigated. She, nothing, nothing. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why, because I'm a man, because I'm a dad. Why? Why I've gotten drug tested. I have done everything. I've jumped through so many hoops to get what is rightfully mine. And I'm sick of it. So I don't have high hopes for tomorrow. But maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I guess we'll see. I think I've pretty much covered, you know, everything there is to cover about this. So I'll wake up in the morning. I'm going to bed now feeling, I don't know, pessimistic. I guess you can call it pessimistic, but I'm being real. Maybe I should be more upbeat. So that's it. I'll talk to you guys in the morning. All right, everybody. Good morning. Um, it is, let's see, 10.49 a.m. Uh, court time is at 1.30. Um, I just slept till 10 o'clock like a teenager. Uh, that's the benefit of working so much and, and never being home, but not having kids. Shit. Nobody there to wake you up. I just slept till 10 o'clock. I'm like a fucking teenager. But anyway, I got my coffee here. I have my vape and, uh, man, I don't really have high hopes for today. I'm just kind of feeling like I'm going through the motions a little bit. I mean, a mediator has no authority. That's the thing that kind of sucks. Um, I, I kind of envision it almost as this like scared straight thing because my next does buckle under pressure with authority figures. And if you come at her strong, she just has no respect for me. So, um, if I come at her strong, she's going to just laugh at me, but maybe if a mediator comes at her strong, uh, she might buckle a little bit, but, uh, I just feel like I'm going to just go and go through the motions kind of. I almost kind of feel like, too, I can't shoot too high. I have to shoot really low in the hopes that she accepts a settlement. In my brain, like, she doesn't want me to have overnights. She doesn't want to give me any money. Uh, she believes everything is hers. And um, I'm not really expecting a lot. I'm expecting to go in there, have the mediator kind of be strong with me, be strong with her, and both of us say... I'm not really looking to settle anything, which is fine. Like I said, my lawyer is going to be dumping me anyway. So uh, if my, my fear is, like I said, if I got to go pro se handling her lawyer, but and my, uh, my other fear, too, is when it comes to her lawyer, like her lawyer can run circles around me. I don't have any law degree. I don't know anything about this. 
So yeah, we'll we'll see. But I'm I'm not expecting much. I really hope that the mediator can get in her ear. And this is what I told my lawyer. I hope the mediator can get in her ear and say, Mac's not going to get less than this. So if you're thinking that, like, you're going to take the kids away and he gets no money and nothing, I hope they can appeal to the logic in her. But there really is no logic. There's no logic. If it makes sense, she's going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's that's her M.O. So I don't really think he's going to appeal to the logic and the mediator is $425 an hour. All right. So I'm not just going to sit there and, Ooh, that reminds me, I got to fill out his form before I go. Uh, I'm not just going to sit there wasting money for no reason. Two hours alone is going to be what? 850 bucks. Like what's the point? So if I'm not getting anything out of this, if I'm not getting anything out of this, I'm just going to give up. Honest to God. And we're scheduled to for two days. So today is Thursday, and I also have Tuesday of next week. So maybe there'll be a part two to this. We'll see, man. My hopes are not high. My hopes are not high. Um, I know how I know my necks better than anybody else. And appealing to the logic in her is there is no logic to appeal to. Um, she's vindictive. She's out to hurt me. She wants to make sure that I'm dead in the gutter, kidless, and I wouldn't be surprised if she wants her ex to adopt my kids. Like, she has everything to lose and I have everything to gain. And she's going to cling to that fact to make sure that I get nothing. It's in her best interest to string this along for as long as she possibly can. So that being said, I don't have high hopes for this, but I'm going to go in there with the position that I'm here to settle, but I'm not going to take a shitty settlement either. So I'm not going to take a shitty settlement. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess um, all I can do is keep my fingers crossed and uh, hopefully something good comes out of it. And like I said, she's perpetually moved the goalpost. I have fulfilled everything I've had to do. I've had supervised visits with my kids I've gotten a psychiatric evaluation. I've been drug tested. I have not had overnight stays with my kids. They're not more her kids than mine. It's not more her house than mine. It's not. If that's the case, right, then my debt should be hers. You know, she's the one who caused my debt. So I don't know. We'll see. I keep sitting here going, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. It's the only thing I can do. I'm just sitting here. I wish you guys can see me. I'm just, I keep shrugging. Like I'm just looking around my room and I'm shrugging. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I will go in there with the intention to settle and we'll see what comes of it. But I don't think it's likely. So, all right, guys. Uh, I expected this to be a little bit longer than it is, but you know, my, my feelings, how I was last night really haven't changed from this morning. So we'll see. Wish me luck. And, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have a settlement. <laughs> we have a settlement. Woo oh my God. We have a settlement, people. We did it. I swear to God. I'm sorry about earlier today and last night and, and my Debbie Downer attitude.
but holy shit, I have a settlement and I will be divorced soon. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So <sighs> let me take a deep breath here. Guys, I don't even know where to start. Um, I will try and start at the beginning. So uh, I got to the mediator's office and uh, I'm walking into the office and I go to the elevator and I press the up button and who's standing right behind me but the next. And she sees me, I see her and she turned her back to me and she didn't want me to see her. It's like, dummy, I know you're standing there. And I just laughed. I just shook my head. I got into the elevator. She didn't get in the elevator with me. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. So uh, I go in, and uh, so they walk me into the conference room, and I meet my lawyer for the first time. $30,000 in debt, but I met my lawyer today for the first time. It's actually my paralegal. My lawyer, what's the word, like demoted me, I guess you could say, or designated me to the paralegal. Um, But my paralegal is fucking amazing, and she's the same one who tried my motion and won my motion for me. the woman is unbelievable. She is so, so great. And if you're in the northern New Jersey area, uh, I can give you some recommendations. But um, they're not cheap, I'll tell you that. Anyway, um, so yeah, I get in there and I'm just talking with her. And so the mediator walks in and um, he said, you know, the main issues are about money and the kids. And I said, I understand. And he said, I said, does she and I, are we going to have any interaction? And the mediator's like... I'm going to bring you guys in and I'm going to give you both a speech with your lawyers here. And then that's the only time you're going to see each other. And I'm like, so I walk in, (laughs) I kid you not. I was okay up until the moment I got there and I had just a lot of nervous energy and my armpits started sweating and I was shaking and I, I don't want to call it a panic attack, but it was stressful. It was stressful just sitting there, you know? And, um, so my next walks in and I, uh, I did the Johnny Depp thing <laughs> and I said, she's not going to see my eyes. So I looked down and I looked at the mediator, but I never let her really see my face and I never looked at her. So the mediator gives us this whole long speech that if you don't settle this now, you're going to have to go to trial probably eventually. And you don't want to go to trial because it's going to cost you money you don't have. Little does he know, my lawyer's dumping me. So <laughs> I don't care about going to trial. I mean, I have court costs, but uh, it's not that I don't care. I guess that's the wrong word, but whatever. Um, going to trial scares me less than it did because I won't have a lawyer, <laughs> you know? Um, so... You know, he gives us this whole long speech about how, you know, we can't afford this divorce and, you know, it's going to cost us lawyer fees we don't have and blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, okay. And then as my next was getting ready to leave, I made the mistake of looking at her. Okay. And I looked at her and she looked, I know her and I know her mannerisms. She looked like she was going to cry because... She, in my brain, knew this was not going in her favor. And a mediator has no authority. As I said previously on the episode, a mediator has no authority. But she also has no leg to stand on when it comes to her demands. Okay? She has no leg to stand on when it comes to her demands. So, her and her lawyer leave and the mediator stays with me. Okay? And he said, what are you seeking in terms of... Uh, visitation times with your children. I said, well, I need my overnight stays effective immediately. 
because you can't give me a viable reason why I have not been allowed to tuck my children into bed for the last 10 months. You cannot give me a viable reason. And I said, I went to the best interest evaluation and even the best interest evaluator said, you know, I should have overnight visits with my kids. I was like, she keeps moving the goalpost. And I was like, I've done her drug tests. I've done the psychiatric evaluation. I've done the best interest evaluation. The gig is up, you know, and now she's going to say, I live too far away. She's always going to make, I live like 45 minutes from where the kids are, from my old home. She's always going to come up with a new reason why I should not have my children. But it doesn't matter. Nothing that she can say really matters. And the funny thing is, is the mediator sees through it. The best interest evaluator saw through it. Hell, according to my lawyer, even her lawyer sees through it. Her lawyer, it's funny. (laughs) I actually went to high school with her lawyer's brother. Small world. But her lawyer (laughs) kind of used to flirt with me in high school. And now I sound like the narcissist, I know. But uh, I think her lawyer, my lawyer told me, because my lawyer is very blunt and upfront with me, and she will give me, you know, she'll push back with me. My lawyer will tell me when I'm being a jerk and I'm being unreasonable. Her lawyer will not do that. Her lawyer will let my necks run the show and yes her to death, even when she knows she's wrong. You know, like, for example, my necks wanted my psychiatric evaluation. She wanted a copy of it. Well, that's HIPAA protected information. You don't get a copy of that. And my lawyer said to her lawyer, she's like, what does she think she's going to do? She's going to give him a copy of his medical records so she can harass him for the rest of her life. And even her lawyer's like, yeah, I don't know what that's about. So um, that's what my lawyer told me when they were having discussions. Like my next is crazy. My next is crazy. So anyway, um, I said to the mediator, I said, I need my overnight stays. And I understand there's no equity in this house. However, there is money proverbially in the house, in the possessions that I purchased. I purchased a full kitchen, cabinets, appliances, couches, refrigerators, beds. I purchased everything and I need some money back from that. So he said, name your price. And I looked at my lawyer and she's like, name your price. And I looked at them and I said, $30,000. And he said, "Uh, you're not going to get it. And I said, well... Let her talk me down. I'm in sales. That's how sales work. I said $30,000 and let her talk me down. And he said, okay. So effective immediately, I said, I want visitation with my children every other weekend on uh, Saturday morning, starting at 10 a.m. and ending on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Okay. And I still want to keep these dinner dates with my kids twice a week. So I get them for dinner twice a week and every other weekend, all weekend long. And uh, that gives her time to go out with Fireman John and fuck, have another baby for all I fucking care. Just get over me. Leave me alone. Stop harassing me. So he went to them and I'm telling you, the mediator probably did not spend more than say 15 to 20 minutes with me. He spent over an hour with my necks over an hour. And so my next said that the, it was so funny. So the best, she's like the best interest evaluator did not give her formal recommendations in writing. So he should not have overnight stays. Do you know what the mediator did? The mediator goes, Oh, she didn't do that. And she goes, no, he goes, okay, hold on. In front of my next, the mediator called the best interest evaluator and spoke to her on the phone in front of my necks. And the best interest evaluator said, there is no reason why this man should not have overnight visits with his children. 
boom, baby. Yes. I was so pumped. Uh, he's like, okay, well, we have her informal agreement that she's going to put on paper. And my next lost, she just fucking lost. Okay. So I get my kids now, just like I said, she agreed to it every other weekend, starting at Saturday at 10 AM and ending Sunday at 6 PM. I can do whatever the fuck I want with them. They can sleep at my house. They can wake up. They can have breakfast with me. We can do anything we want. And I'll be free from the judgment of a narcissist. I have my children overnight. I will be able this Saturday to tuck my children into bed for the first time in 10 months. This is only the second time I've ever cried on this podcast. I get to tuck my kids into bed for the first time in 10 months and tell them I love them and how much I missed them. And uh, I'll get to read them a bedtime story and sing them to bed. And Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm so grateful. Oh, my God. Man. I survived a restraining order I survived homelessness. I survived getting my food from a food bank. I survived couch surfing. I survived sleeping in my car. I survived missing my kids. And now I have a one-bedroom apartment and I couldn't be any happier. I couldn't be any happier. Oh, my God. So I get my kids overnight. Thanks, guys. Thanks for letting me do this. Thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. I know you can relate. So I get my kids overnight. Now, when it comes to the money, I said $30,000. I knew it was going to happen, but I thought maybe talk me down to 10 or 15. Give me something. And what they did is they came back and said they're not going to give me a penny. And I was pissed. What they want to do is essentially, because I'm a sports guy, they want to basically have a draft of things in the house. So like, I pick one thing, you pick one thing. I pick one thing, you pick one thing. So I'm going to go for the most expensive thing. That's what I'm going to do. Um, And the thing is, I have a one bedroom apartment. She has a full house. So where am I going to keep any of this shit? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot for the smallest yet most expensive things. One of them being a bed because uh, I bought one when we were together and she was pregnant. I bought this like reclinable bed and uh, it's like, you know, it goes up, it goes down. It's a king size mattress, memory foam. It was a $4,000 bed and that will be my number one draft pick is that bed. I don't want to sleep in that bed. Of course, I don't want to sleep in that bed, but I would like to sell it because I can get a pretty penny for that. Yeah, I don't know. I got to make a list of the things I want. But man, it's even hard to think right now. I had to cut my losses, you know? Yeah, I'm in this tremendous, tremendous amount of debt, but I had to cut my losses. I have to take what I can get and I got to move on. But I, oh, now here's the other thing, right? When it comes to the mortgage, I said this before, I told the, I told the mediator, I said, okay, so the house, there's no equity in the house, right? He goes, nope. I go, okay. So I was like, I can keep paying into this house, right? Or I can stop. Now, if I stop, what are they going to do? They're going to file a court motion to bring me to court to say me, I got to tell me I got to pay a mortgage that there's no equity in. I was like, she'll spend more to file that motion. 
than she would to just let me not pay it. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but by the court, you have to pay it. And I go, or what? My credit's going to tank? And he just looked at me and shrugged. I go, I'm $70,000 in debt. I go, what do I care? And he just looked at me and he smiled. He kind of nodded. I was like, you know where I'm going with this. He's like, I can't advise you. I said, I understand, but you understand where I'm going with this. He's like, well, I'm not going to tell them that. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. But you know where I'm going. So I'm not paying the mortgage anymore. So that's going to free up a hefty amount of money. Today was a good day. Holy shit. Today was a good day. So yeah, that's that. And then listen, there's going to be other little intricacies to work out. You know, now that I get overnight stays, I'm going to, it's going to help my child support. I'm not paying the mortgage anymore. I don't have any bills in my name. The only bill that I have is daycare, but I'm still under her insurance. So I have to pay for the daycare to balance out the insurance because she's got better insurance with her job than I do. Um, but I'm going to have to get my own insurance soon. So no big deal. Um, it'll be single insurance. So whatever. Um, it's not like it's family insurance. It'll be much more expensive. But And then I'll get off of paying the daycare because the daycare is more expensive than insurance. Anyway, there'll be little intricacies that still need to be worked out. But those big issues... You know, it can only get better with my time with my kids, especially if I move closer to where they live. Where I live now is all I could afford. But, you know, eventually I'll move closer. I'll get more overnight stays. The key is I'm going to be divorced shortly, I believe. I hope in the next, say, 60 to 90 days, I can sign my papers. I cannot believe, like I was saying before, I survived so much. And I'm so grateful for you guys I'm so grateful for this podcast. My fucking God, I'm so grateful for this podcast. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. I wish you could see me right now. I'm just looking around my room. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here right now. Like, so fortunate. So fortunate for what I survived. So fortunate for having the support of people all over the world that listen to this podcast, that reach out to me and say, hey, I just discovered your podcast and, you know, you told my story or your guest told my story and... Wow, man. Wow. What a, what I've been blessed with. God has blessed me in the last 10 months, man. I can say that emphatically, even after all the hardship I went through, you know. Wow. Wow, man. I've said in the past, dimming the gaslight is not just the name of a podcast. It is my fucking mission statement, man. And, uh, and I'm proud of it. And, uh, for anybody listening to this, man, don't give up. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your future. Don't give up on your happiness. You're worth more. You can succeed. There is life after narcissism. And I promise you, those times when you are down and you are cold and it is dark, it's going to seem like you can't make it through. But I promise, I promise, I promise, if you keep fighting, you can get to the other side and uh it just keeps getting better it just keeps getting better and uh I keep saying like I have my whole life ahead of me to make it whatever I want and I'm excited so guys thank you so much for listening to this episode this is a monumental moment in the in the podcast this is a monumental moment I'm just smiling right now wow I love you guys thanks for everything until next time, everybody.